Welcome to the Dr. Katie Show. Free career advice for the people, because everybody deserves a better work experience. Call in to receive free career advice from Dr. Katie Revere, an experienced career coach and organizational psychologist. Dr. Katie has nearly 20 years of corporate business experience across various industries and divisions. She works with individuals, executives, and teams to create innovative, human-centered solutions to improve the workplace experience. Now here's Dr. Katie. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you? It's so good to be here on the air with you today. We have a really exciting topic. We're going to be covering the cannabis industry. We have a special guest joining us who I'll introduce in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but I got to say, I it's just like the best weather here in Northern California today. What's going on in Seattle right now, Eric? Oh, well, <laughs> we've got uh, we've got fall weather today. With, Ooh, yeah, so we well, it, we, we've got a little bit of a mix of everything. We've got a, a, some showers here and there. We've got a little bit of sunshine breaking through occasionally. Oh. We've got some breeze. So it's, you know, it's very autumnal. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I love it. Uh, we have we do have a nice cool breeze here in Northern California today. Uh, but we're probably going to have close to 80s in terms of temperatures. There's not really many clouds in the sky where I am sitting right now. So, so, so very different, but, uh, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Different parts um, of the world. And gosh, I am super sore. Like, I, I think I mentioned on a previous show, show, I'm a new mom. So my baby actually turned six months old um, on Monday, which is super cool and exciting. Yeah, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Uh, and I'm feeling super fit and uh, back almost to my normal self in terms of energy and fitness. But I started this new TRX workout. Have you heard of that? The TRX? It it sounds familiar. Um, but if you want to go into some detail. Yeah, it's like a resistance training. Okay. You kind of you hang it up in the from a rafters or something or in a door jam and you're basically working out with your body weight and oh my god I am so sore it kicked my I kicked my own butt this morning <laughs> but I mean gosh it's just it's just so I'm, nice to I'm sure the it. baby's giving you a different kind of resistance training as well <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah oh my gosh she's just learning to crawl and she's exploring everything with her hands and mouth of course and swatting things away and it's it's really fun um so I mean totally unrelated to the work experience. I know, um, you know, our subject uh, topic for today is the cannabis industry mm -hmm. and we're welcoming actually my brother who is really, uh, an inspiration to me and has been for many years for a lot of reasons. Um, my older brother, Mickey Rovier, and I, I'm just looking up a map right now of states where marijuana is legal. And yeah. this is a, a new, it's not a new industry actually, which is something that we're going to cover today, but I'm looking at a map. And of course, up in Washington, marijuana is legal cannabis. Yeah. Or we were one of the pioneers along with Colorado and now California is of course, uh, joined us as well. And yeah, a lot of States, a lot of States. Yeah. I'm looking, uh, at, uh, a map right here. It's Washington, Oregon, Nevada, California, Colorado, Illinois, um, Maine, Vermont, Massachusetts, Alaska, 
I think. So, and then there's a bunch of other states that it's legal to use medically. So mm -hmm. that's exciting to see, you know, in our lifetime, um, this transition happening. So I, I, from a work experience, there's so many different parts of the industry to consider. And I think as a recreational or user or, um, somebody who's using this, um, for medical purposes, it's sort of like, once it's in your hand, that's your experience of it. But there's a big machine, uh, a big, you know, machine of people that are cranking out, you know, really good products and trying to innovate in this space. And we have one of those people here today. So we're going to learn all about what happens behind the scenes uh, right, in the cannabis cool. industry. Yeah, well, We should point out that we're also taking listener calls as well. If you've got a question about the cannabis industry, fantastic. But also, if you are just looking for career advice from Dr. Katie, you can call in today at 425-373-5527 or toll-free 888-298-5569. One more time, it's 888-298-5569 or email drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. And that's drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. Cool. Thank you, Eric. So let's jump in. Mickey, welcome to the show. Uh, hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're so welcome. So uh, let's start off with who are you and what do you do? Uh, well, uh, my name is Michael Revere. I've, uh, I've been cultivating cannabis. Uh, since I was 15 years old, and uh, basically, I'm an operations manager for a, uh, a business here in Oakland, California, and uh, we produce cannabis for sale. Yeah. So, since you were 15 years old, and not to not to share your age with everyone, because we know right. how sensitive that is for you. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean. Since you were 15 years old, so obviously since we were kids, <laughs> you yeah. were growing we were kids, weed somewhere. I've been growing weed, yes. <laughs> and of course, you know, now that this is legal and there's, you know, obviously professional employment um, that you, you hold today and you have quite a lot of responsibility in your job. Um, I mean, for somebody with so much background and experience, like you and an industry that's, you know, largely, uh, and, and work experience that's been largely undocumented and also illegal, uh, for a long time, you know, how do you, how do you approach a career in this, a professional career in this space? Like, how do you have a resume? Well, um, well, in the beginning, your resume was your product. Uh, you know, your pound of weed was your cover letter, um, and that's how you got your foot in the door. In 1996, uh, Proposition 215 passed, and the medical industry came about. Uh, and basically, after all the federal raids stopped, they started to allow actual businesses to form and develop. And at that point in time, there was a structure of an actual industry being created, um, something that was not focused around the black market as much and it was more into the light out of the shadows as they used to say um and 
yeah, basically, growing pot underground doesn't give you any paper documentation proving mm-hmm. the hours you you had in this one position. So it was really hard to um, prove to somebody um, that you knew what you were talking about or mm-hmm. doing. So, um, so what'd you do? So for me, I, I went to school. Um, I went, uh, 28, went back to college, um, and decided to make it happen. Ended up getting a degree from UC Berkeley and, um, you know, that became my, my proof, um, you know, proof of your commitment of, of my commitment, but just of my knowledge in general, um, about plants, plant science, the understanding of the full concept of nutrients and basic plant health. Um, and I took that and I ran with it, not knowing or understanding fully that I was going to end up in the cannabis industry, just knowing that cannabis drove me to love plant science and that plant science paved the way for my entry into the industry, mm. uh, as it were, um, officially. And, and uh, it was probably the best decision I ever made. That's so cool. And, and you know, we, being brother and sister, uh, we have, we share a mom, of course. <laughs> and our mom has the biggest green thumb. And certainly, I got some of that, but you certainly, certainly got most of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, she definitely, she taught me a lot. And uh, for that, I am very grateful. So when it comes to the cannabis industry, we've used a couple different terms. So I just want to, maybe we can get, you can help us with some clarity. So we're saying cannabis industry, but we've also used the term marijuana, weed, pot. Is there appropriate terminology or does it matter what you say? Or, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about the terminology? Yeah. Um, it really just depends on who you're talking to. A lot of people find words like marijuana or pot or weed as a derogatory term. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it it got a lot of flack. Reefer Madness days, marijuana started being used. It was kind of a, a Spanish word, and they, you know, they wanted to deem it bad um, in some way, shape, or form. And so... Um, nowadays, we, we tend to use the word cannabis, which is its, its Latin name, um, botanical name, as one were. And so it's, it's more of a professional, uh, more courteous name. Um, and it's, Cannabis. Yeah, the word cannabis is, is deemed respectable as a, you know, it's like saying somebody grows in dirt as opposed to soil because the word dirt has negative connotations to it, but the word soil is something that is full of life and enriching. Mm. So these are just, um, you know, uh, it really depends. If you're somebody who works in the industry, you might want to hear it as cannabis. Um, but if you're just a recreational user who grew up smoking weed, then you're going to smoke weed the rest of your life, man, because... <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that's, that's what you know. Right. Exactly. Uh, so how long have you worked in the cannabis industry? You said since you were 15. So are we talking about like 20 years of, or like 18 years or so of undocumented rather work in, in the, in the cannabis industry? Um, yeah. Yeah. Realistically, um, geez, when I was 18, I got my, uh, my medical recommendation 
and uh, a permit, a license that said I was able to grow cannabis plants. And as soon as I had that permit in hand, I ran with it. And so uh, whether it be extracts, hashish, or plant, actual clones, um, we would just grow it at home. And uh, whatever we produced or were able to come up with, we were able to just basically drive it to any store, knock on their door and say, hey, I've got this for sale. Um, what can you do? You know, some places would just buy it from you outright, put it on their shelves. Other places would work with you on a consignment based system where, you know, you drop off your stuff and if it's sold at this price, you come back and get your money later. Um, obviously, they take a cut off the top, but, um, you know, there was never really any um, rule in the early days. Um, right. And so, you know, with, with regulation and legalization, um, these rules are coming into play, making it a safer playing field for everybody involved. Um, the cannabis is getting better and um, cleaner. Um, the regulation is forcing um, cultivators not to cut corners and to really, really take pride in their work and to make sure that it's, it's the best it can be. Well, that's really exciting. And I know that you've been professionally in the field, on uh, the cannabis industry, uh, working as a professional and, uh, with high responsibility and a highly visible professional role for the last two years, which I want to jump into right after our first break, which we are ready to go to now, Eric, if you can take us away. You bet. If you'd like to give us a call today, ask a question at 425-373-5527 or toll-free 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. We'll be right back with more of The Dr. Katie Show after these words. Having a crappy work experience... The complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting, a teenager learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Dredge your work experience? Compromising your brilliance? Get the better work environment you deserve. Email Dr. Katie Revere at drkatie at betterworkexperience.com for practical advice on how to rise above the drama. Do you have a workplace horror story? Do you have a terrific boss? Maybe you just got an unfair review. Tell Dr. Katie. Email drkatie at betterworkexperience.com and tune in every Thursday at noon for the Dr. Katie Show. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. 
And welcome back to the Dr. Katie Show. Give us a call at 425-373-5527 or toll free 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. Now back to Dr. Katie. Thank you, Eric, and welcome back. We're talking about the work experience in the cannabis industry today. We have a super duper special guest. My brother, Mickey, uh, is joining us today. He has 20 years undocumented working in the cannabis industry, um, mostly growing and helping to distribute and also uh bringing with us two years professionally in the field with a lot of responsibility. So welcome back, Mickey. Thank you for being with us. And I just want to jump right back in and ask you some more questions because, you know, we're just curious. What is it like in your work experience officially in the cannabis industry so far? Uh, Well, it's been great. Generally, people are amazing. Um, the cannabis community as a whole is very warm and, and open and just genuinely friendly. Um, and it's been a very fulfilling experience, to say the least. That's awesome. So what what are what were you hired to do when you first started? Uh, well, I came in on uh, our facility and uh, it was a brand new greenhouse, and we were just trying to get the concept of a production line in order. Um, cannabis is a, is a plant that um, we're able to manipulate with the changing of the light. So I can change the cycle of light that I give it and induce flowers, um, which is then produces the end product, the flowers. Um, so... With that said, you know we, we thought of a way to work with this new this new greenhouse system so that we can uh, forcibly flower plants all the time continuously and just kind of feed plants into this system and uh, it would constantly spit out flowers so that we would be able to uh, you know pay for the initial investment essentially right so makes and- the whole the whole system work. So was that a new space for you working in greenhouses? Because when we were growing up, I mean, I don't remember you ever working in a greenhouse. So was that a new concept for you to learn? Um, well, or did you hide that from me? It was a concept that I actually learned in school, um, through, mm. through my educational travel. Uh, you know, I, I had the ability to, um, work on uh, lab research projects uh, at UC Berkeley. And I, I learned a lot about greenhouses and mechanisms and uh, just plants in general. Um, and uh, yes, in terms of cannabis, this was my first uh, greenhouse experience hands-on. Uh, but the idea behind growing cannabis is generally the same. Um, so it wasn't, an, it wasn't a difficult transition. Okay. And so you started out as, what was that first job title that you had? Were you uh, co- I, I was a lead cultivator when I, when I first started. And uh, after the first year, we finalized the production system and got everything working. And uh, yeah, then I was, I was upgraded to a manager of the greenhouse. And uh, now I currently um, hold the position of operations manager. 
for our facility. And uh, yeah, with every year, uh, we've um, there, there's just a, there's more rules to follow, uh, more regulations coming into play, uh, more regulating bodies, um, setting new standards and guidelines. So mm -hmm. we've had to really cover a lot of bases from permitting to you know impromptu agricultural inspections working with the department of agriculture what have you mm -hmm. there's a lot of people in play it's a big system yeah it's a big system so how big of a space are you working with right now how many plants are you are you oh, square footage wise uh, i don't know i'm I think generally we, we always have probably about 2000 plants growing, but not, it's not a big, it's not a big space. It's just enough to, to keep a steady flow. It's not a gigantic farm. I know there are some, some farms that are just acres and acres and acres. Wow. Um, you know, in my experience, you, you can do, you can do it like that. Um, and you can jeopardize quality for quantity a little bit, but, uh, I think, um, we're more of, uh, a delicate system. Um, it's just we, we have better results working with smaller numbers and uh, smaller batches, and it it makes a big difference. Um, taking the time to really do the job right rather than rushing it. So the, yeah, the yeah, and I guess it's something that I never really thought of that you work in agriculture. I never really thought of your role in this in this industry as one of farming. Can you talk a little bit about that and why it's important to understand that mindset and how that is what's sort of running the industry? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that this isn't all grown in, in the garage anymore. Um, moving away from the home grow really, um, allowing people to move outside and, and really even purchase old, old farms and uh that used to maybe grow roses now now it's converting over to cannabis uh because you know the space is important um you need a lot of room to to grow a lot of cannabis and um there are other things you know in play like uh pests for example or or molds or other problems that you maybe wouldn't want to come down the line. So then you have you have an issue of quality control. You need to have somebody inspecting and making sure that the product is safe. And these are good things. These are things that we asked for. These are why we voted to pass um, legalization because you know you you couldn't you couldn't really trust what you were buying at the Seven Eleven or at the grocery mart. And uh, you know now. Um, now you can trust what's coming off the shelf um, to be tested and um, stay for you to consume. Mm -hmm. So when you mention things like molds and pests, can you talk a little bit about sort of the scientific side of that? What sorts of things uh, are you, I wouldn't use the word battling, but you know, that's part of your work experience, right? If you're managing the operations, what are things that you have to control for like risk factors? such as molds and pests? Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Cannabis is, as a plant, um, can be very fickle. Um, and um, the way people are breeding cannabis these days uh, can definitely play a role in 
plant's health um, and sometimes um, the genetics that one might desire maybe um, makes that strain or variety harder to grow and um, so you, you kind of balance these things and it's really um, there's so many people out there growing cannabis um, that the market is almost flooded and and the the pests that can follow the flower all the way to a jar are very small and it can give people allergic reactions and this is part of the reason why we we test for these biologicals and heavy metals um and and pesticides right because people initially they go straight to sprays or invite other bugs onto the plant to maybe act as predatory um, um, in order to consume those and it really um, it just depends on where you're at. Um, different regions have different issues, whether it be cannabis aphids or spider mites. Um, you know, it really requires the cultivator to be as clean as possible and really limit limit uh, interactions with with people and animals because um, that's the hardest part about growing cannabis is is keeping it clean. And, um, yeah, now you have to pass the test at the end. So, so tell us a little bit about the testing process. What is who's doing the testing? How is it certified? I mean, as as you know, as people consume cannabis, do you think? I mean, I've never heard of a testing process. I mean, when we were talking in our pre-interview about all of the different things that you manage for in your, you know, in the industry you know, in terms of cultivation, it's, I mean, I didn't even think about pesticides. Yeah. You know, and that kind of blew my mind a little bit. So can you tell us a little bit about what the testing is like from your experience? Well, yeah. Um, essentially anything, um, that's going to hit a store shelf will have been, um, sold with a certificate. Um, Every jar has a little number printed on it, and some, some companies will send you to a website so you can verify that number, and then you can actually physically look at the lab results it's right there on your phone after you purchase it. Um, or if you request it uh, at the counter, somebody should come over and show you a, a certificate of authentication, which essentially states that this cannabis product was uh, tested for the the gambit, which is a whole list of things that they test for that's um, based by the state standards. And it, these are certified laboratories. So, uh, and they are official cannabis businesses. I'm on, um, like uh, testing they, facilities. They, they had to apply for, for a permit to work in this, in this space as well. Um, so this is all they do. They come and they, they'll test it. And, you know, if you're, t if you're testing for 10 pounds and it fails and that's 10 pounds, you can't put on the shelf. Ooh. And yeah. And I, and so I don't know how there, there's a way that you can maybe um, turn it into extracts or oils and then have that retested. And then if that fails and that is a whole lot of money you spent to grow and produce that 10 pounds that now you actually have to pay to have it destroyed. Mm. And that's all tracked and traced and all, everything is accounted for all the time. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's really important. We, you know, you've heard 
the term farm to fork, well, the same concept, the track and trace system here in the state of California allows you to understand where that product was grown, um, what date it was harvested, and what date it was tested, and, you know, how long it's been sitting in that jar before you actually opened the seal. Mm-hmm. So um, with this type of regulation, it really smooths out um, all the information for the end consumer, and it holds the cannabis companies accountable for their product. Hmm. Which is really good, I think, for consumers to know because, but it's so different. It's a complete paradigm shift from, let's say, the earlier days that you were talking about at the beginning of the interview, where it's like you were just growing in the backyard or in a bedroom, you know, in a house or whatever, and then taking that and then there was absolutely no regulation. So do you feel like we are overregulated, fairly amount regulated at this point in the evolution of the sort of the blossoming of the cannabis industry? Or do you feel like we are, you know, we should have more regulations? Um, it's really hard to say. I've seen a transition. We've been able to adapt as the transitions come. Um, So some of these regulations seem to be trials or they, they put out a deadline and expect the whole state to comply by this deadline. And it's really hard to do, um, especially if you're just a small business trying to start up. A lot of, the, a lot of um, compliance factors are very expensive. Um, you might not be able to afford all those extra fancy cameras for your facility to make sure everything's on camera. You might not, you might not be able to hire that armed security guard to, you know, secure your facility. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of these companies that are trying to combine together to stay alive, or you know, they just lose out altogether, or hope that they have a good enough product that a corporation buys them out. Mm-hmm. Of you know, and, and really, it's still all up in the air. And the regulations, really, the, the people who can comply are the people who are already existent, unfortunately. The, the big players who, you know, rolled over from the medical industry, mm. um, you know, if they, if they were big enough by the time the regulations started to hit and they made the changes when they needed to, then they're still going to play ball. Um, but if you're starting from ground up, it's almost going to be impossible in my mind um, to really get where you need to be size-wise to be able to stay compliant. Mm. Um, and, and so, but, but not to say that these, that these new factors aren't necessary, right? Because we still have this issue of the black market. Um, dispensaries are still getting robbed. Um, you know, so, you know, there's a, there's a big black market there and, you know, some, we know from the past that it can be violent, you know, so it, mm-hmm. a lot of these compliance things in, are in play in order to keep the customer safe, but they don't necessarily, um, support the business owner. Yeah. <laughs> the production, the cultivators. Basically. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard place to be at. Well, super interesting learning all about what it's like to work in the cannabis industry. Uh, We are actually ready to take our second break of the hour. We are going to take a quick break, come right back and learn more about what goes on behind the scenes in the cannabis industry. 
Everybody stay tuned for more of the Dr. Katie Show. And remember, we are taking your calls if you've got questions about career advice or you're curious about what it's like to work in the cannabis industry. Give us a call at 425-373-5527 or toll-free 888-298-5569. You can even email in drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. We'll be right back. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. My mother was always very active and independent and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Looking for a new job? Want to work for a company that is fun and supportive? Feel like you've been settling all these years? Tune into the Dr. Katie Show, talk radio for a better work experience, Thursdays at noon. On the show, you will learn about open jobs at some great companies and get all the career advice you need, Thursdays at noon. Learn more at betterworkexperience.com. That's betterworkexperience.com. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. And we're back with more of the Dr. Katie Show and taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll-free 888-298-5569. You can email drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. Now back to Dr. Katie. Thank you, Eric. Hello, everybody. We're back. Uh, This is talk radio for a better work experience. And so if you have an interesting work experience that you think people would love to hear about, you work in an industry that doesn't get enough airtime, let me know. You can reach out uh, to me at drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. Would love to have you on the show. Today, we are learning about the cannabis industry. I have welcomed my brother, Mickey, to the show today. And we're going to jump right back in because I have so many juicy questions that I want to ask you. (laughs) Go ahead. So you love what you do. You grow cannabis. You are a cultivator. I have been for 20 plus years. You work professionally in the field now for the last two years. I'm wondering... Why do you love what you do? Oh, well, um, the people I work with are amazing. Um, you know, I, I, I love plants. I love plant science. And I, I, I'm very much the type of person who likes to produce something all of the time. I'm just, whether it's, you know, 
moving around my house, cleaning or sweeping or doing dishes. I, I'm a very um, productive person, I always felt. So I'm always go, go, go. And this industry never slows down. This industry pushes and pushes and pushes and then pushes some more. And there's never a dull moment. And it just keeps me invigorated and excited and always wondering what's around the next one. Yeah. And that's wonderful. It's fulfilling in that way. Can you describe to us what's your day-to-day work experience like? Um, well, I, when do you start your day? Uh, I start, what do you do first? (laughs) I think I am, you know, I I get to, I get to work and we open a facility and I check on my plants. You know, we, we work with the sunrise. Um, you know, we, we work within the day, right? So if the plants are in the night, we don't, we don't we're not going to work in the dark. So, but it's a twelve-hour day, pretty much every day. That's that's the life of a cannabis cultivator. Um, it's it's really easy to to plug in and uh, walk away from these really expensive systems. But like I I specified earlier, there's there's a way to do it, you know, the right way. And, and the wrong way. Uh, a lot of people like to plug in the system and just let the plant grow and do its thing. But, you know, without proper attention, you know, it it can go sour on you really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I definitely, um, I manage a, a crew of guys uh, and we as a team um, scour plants. We water plants. We give them the proper nutrients they need. Uh, take clones and harvest twice a week. <laughs> so there's, it's just never a dull moment. There's always something moving. If I cut a plant down, I've got two more plants coming to take its place. Um, and um, with that said, it's, it's, it's like a conveyor belt. And mm, um, Sounds like it. it it's a conveyor belt. And, and there's always got to be somebody there to catch it at the end, uh, or you end up with a pile of stuff on the floor. And um, so I do my best to to catch it <laughs> yeah i know that's yeah. great yeah so, um, so you're a manager so you you mentioned you have a crew of people so what's it like being a manager in this space you know when i think of management and we've talked about leadership and the importance of managers and leaders on the show in previous episodes they can make or break the work experience so i'm obviously probably your number one fan uh but as a manager how do you show up how do you prepare yourself to lead in, in your job? Um, well, personally, I, in, in this industry, leading by example is the only way to go. Um, you know, we have SOPs, standard training procedures. And, um, I, I'm an operations manager, so I, I am basically facilities maintenance. Um, we have a dispensary and, uh, and a greenhouse growth facility. So I manage the whole piece of property um, from changing light bulbs to harvesting cannabis. And, you know, I've got employees across the spectrum from retail to, to, uh, to plant scientists. And, and with that said, um, every day you just have to be the positive driver, even if things aren't 
so positive. It's really, it's really hard um, to make a name for yourself in this industry. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, they they hear the word cannabis and they they see dollar signs. They think, oh, I'm going to work in the cannabis industry. I'm going to I'm going to be a millionaire. Or I'm going to grow a couple plants in the backyard, and this is going to be it for me. This is going to get me where I want to be. And it's just those days are long gone. And the reality is, this this is retail, and there's a high turnover rate, and 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 finding employees who have the mentality that is that this is just a job is not a career and there's a big difference there if if we want to move forward as an industry people we need to have people just think of this as more than retail more of a specialty um and that's that's really as a manager has been the hardest part is 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 finding somebody who truly understands what it takes. Um, and like I said, this we have we have staff from all different spectrums, uh, all over the state. Um, they're from everywhere, all different um, types of people. And it's really just a mentality. If you have the right frame of mind going into this industry, you won't let be let down. But if you come in expecting um, to find gold at the end of the rainbow, you might want to rethink your decision. Right. So the mindset, yeah. So the mindset that has become very clear to me and obviously our listeners here today on the show is that if you're joining in to work in the cannabis industry, you're either in a retail position, you're in, you're in the dispensary and you're selling, uh, or you're cultivating, which is, you know, like agriculture, you're working with plants, you know, there's blood, sweat and tears, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, workplace injuries to consider. <laughs> you're going to be lifting plants and using sharp tools and, you know, you yeah. know, other things that, you know, you might need to do in order to manage, manage that conveyor belt that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's a lot to it. I mean, and then there's a lot of, you know, ancillary positions available, you know, even just sitting at a table, you know, selling a product name, giving out stickers. I mean, there are just people who do deliveries mm-hmm. or distribution from one dispensary to another. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's, there's, there's a spot for anybody who wants to enter the industry. Mm-hmm. That ideally, but but ideally, with any of those positions, you want to come in with the right frame of mind. Right, and uh, you also mentioned security uh, being on site, and so sometimes the small companies can't afford to pay for security on site. I definitely, when I've walked by, you know, different clubs or what what have you in you know downtown Oakland, um, you know, there's there's little shops popping up all over the place, but I definitely always catches my eye when I see, you know, an armed security person, I'm like, Oh, that must be a club of some some kind or, you know, right. something like that. So as security seems like it's pretty important. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, even, you know, even just, just having a presence there, um, it keeps people honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so when, when you are hiring, wh- how do you find talent? Um, well, I use job boards. 
I use the internet. Uh, I post signs in the dispensary. Um, I generally like to hire local and, uh, you know, and I generally not don't like to hire too often. Um, generally, who I hire, I, I, I hope sticks around for quite some time. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not always the case. Um, but yeah, there is there is a, a high turnover um, in this industry. There's, and from what I understand, you know, I, I can only speak for myself. And and there does there seems to be a, a big desire to to make six figures on your first go round on your first job in the industry. And it's. So you think salary is a big contributing factor to the turnover? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we, we watch the news, we see the numbers, we can hear how good the state's cannabis industry is doing or not doing. Um, And so, but, but the idea is still there. The, The mindset is when you hear the word cannabis or marijuana, you, instantly think money because there's always been some sort of association with you know stacks of dollar bills in 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 raids or you know Mm. you knew a drug dealer in high school who had a a lot of money because he sold weed you know and that that stigma is going to be around for a while unfortunately but um the fact that these are just truly retail positions this is the same job as you know, being a bartender or a waitress. I mean, mm-hmm. you get you get some hours. These are part time jobs. These are it's the equivalent of working at a Taco Bell, except here you have to be twenty one. And mm-hmm. you know, there's there's. So it sounds like it's not too uncommon that they're. I mean, given that they're part time jobs, they're not paying a ton of money. That you know, turnover is not necessarily expected, but it doesn't mean that it's not hard uh, from a management perspective. So, you know, just something to keep in mind that, you know, if there are other benefits that employees are offered, regardless of the industry that, you know, the employers will see less turnover. I know that Starbucks has used that strategy and they offer, you know, educational uh, resources for, you know, their baristas in the shops, you know, they give them, you know, money for college, which is a pretty, you know, interesting benefit to give to a young person who is exploring what their career might be. So we are going to take our last break of the hour. We're going to head out, uh, for just a, a quick break and we'll be right back. If Eric can do the honors. Stay tuned, everybody, for more of The Dr. Katie Show. And remember, you can always send in questions, even during the week, at drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. That's drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. We'll be right back. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. 
There are two types of journeys in life. There are those we choose to take and those that life takes us on. From moments we'll never forget to those we must overcome. I'm Tim McGraw. Join American Airlines and stand up to cancer in our efforts to help make every person diagnosed with cancer a long-term survivor. Visit standuptocancer.org slash American Airlines to learn more. Stand up with us. Thursdays at noon on Alternative Talk 1150, The Dr. Katie Show. The Dr. Katie Show brings you a better work experience. Tune in for on-air coaching, fascinating interviews, and best of all, bring your questions. Your better work experience begins with Dr. Katie and betterworkexperience.com. Dr. Katie brings her 20 years of business experience to the air to help improve your work experience. Log on and learn at betterworkexperience.com. And tune in to The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays at noon. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to The Dr. Katie Show. Here's Dr. Katie. Hey, welcome back. Thanks, Eric. We have been talking all about the work experience in the cannabis industry today. I have my brother Mickey on and we are, I just still have a few more questions that I want to ask you in the final eight minutes of the show here. And man, thank you so much for being here. I always learn so much from you. And today, what I've learned about the cannabis industry things that our listeners probably didn't realize or maybe connect with right away is it's a job in agriculture. When you're managing a greenhouse, there are a lot of things to uh, that you have to manage, things like molds, pests, inspections. It's like a conveyor belt, production line, uh, and always constantly having to watch and manage each plant. And if you are in a role such as yourself, you know, working around a thousand plants or so in a greenhouse, it's a big responsibility. Yeah. 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 It's it's a lot. Um, definitely takes, uh, it definitely takes dedication and determination and then perseverance and patience more than anything. Yeah. And so working in the cannabis industry is an attractive and could possibly be a very attractive um, industry to work in for somebody just coming out of college or somebody who's in college right now. And what would, if that is the case, what would be the advice that we could give to listeners who are considering a career or even a part-time job working in the cannabis industry? Well, my, my best advice is don't be afraid to learn what you don't know. And never pretend like you know everything. Those those two statements have probably been rattled inside my head since my very start in this industry. And I and I'll repeat it again. I mean, a hundred times. You you don't you don't want to come into the industry um, thinking you know everything, even if you have an education. Um, and I recommend that if you truly want a career in this industry, having a degree in plant science or or chemistry or biology, those those are the degrees that that will really send you into a career path 
if you just want a part-time job where you can have a, a smoke break every two hours and come to work while consuming, then a part-time job is for you. And, um, you know, that's, um, that's not really going to advance you very far. So what kind of schooling can people look for if they are interested in pursuing a career? Um, you mentioned chemistry, plant science. Are these kinds of um, educational degrees that are available in across the state? Is there any particular studies that they can take that are focused specifically on the cannabis production? Uh, not exactly. I and and uh, to be honest, uh, I heard a rumor that UC Davis was going to start a cannabis production class. I'm not sure that that actually came through, uh, but I heard a rumor about that. I my my degree is in genetics and plant biology um, from University of California at Berkeley, um, and not once did I take a class on cannabis. Um, okay. But um, and there wasn't one offered. I mean, I think they had like a how your brain works on drugs class, but it, it didn't have any relevance to the industry or what I plan to pursue after graduation. So for me, um, we have, we have local cannabis trade schools. Um, and there's, there's some online training academies that are helpful. Um, and, and having a certificate from those types of places might benefit you in certain cultivation areas. Even even a, an MBA, you know, uh, a, a degree in business could also benefit you. There, there's also cannabis law. You can have a law degree and come into the industry. There, you could have a tech degree or a programming degree and come in and help with inventory programming. I mean, you have a degree in anything and somehow – you would be able to apply it in some niche area of this industry cool. because it's, it's expansion has just been so rapid. That's awesome. And so for those of us who don't have experience working in the industry, but want to start, what's a way that we can demonstrate that ex that interest? Is there like something we can put on our resume or a cover letter or something like that, that would be useful in terms of being prepared to get a job in this space? Well, if you're like me, and when you decided to actually enter into the legal cannabis space, and you have experience, but none, no, no, no job or employer to call and confirm that you worked there for three years, then my advice is put down your cannabis experience, not your use, but your work experience in a cover letter and apply that to every cannabis company that you um, that you actually make a job application for. Because I firmly believe that if your work history is in a, uh, a sewing shop making t-shirts, you still have skills that could be applicable to this industry. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to, to talk about your experiences, even if they were quote unquote illegal at the time that you did it, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, as long as you can pass a background check and you seem to be honest, you, you're going to get an opportunity somewhere. 
And there you have it, everyone. Thank you for listening. We have learned so much about working in the cannabis industry from my wonderful brother, Mickey Rovere. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mickey, and teaching us all about what it's like to work in the cannabis industry. There's great people, challenging work, and it's ever-changing environment. That is working in the cannabis industry. And uh, we thank you again. Appreciate you listening today. And we look forward to offering another interesting show next week about the work experience and how to make it better. Thank you all. And we'll talk to you next week.